podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. I really appreciate you tuning in today. I've got a great message for you. I'm very excited about it. should be short and concise. This day after Christmas, I trust that you had a great time with your family and friends and enjoyed the gift of God's presence in your lives. I hope you felt the love of God for you, through you, in you, and um, God's love for for each of you that uh, you surrounded yourself with this Christmas season. So uh, the message that I have for you today is uh, called His Presence is the Present. His presence is the present. I'm sure we opened a lot of gifts uh, Christmas Eve maybe and Christmas Day. And hopefully you got some great gifts that you love. And even better to give a gift, right? It, that's, uh, that's one of the greatest things about Christmas is to be able to give a gift and to see somebody else get excited about something that you've provided for them. And uh, that kind of had me thinking about uh, a title for for today's message. And I really believe that the presence of God in our lives is the greatest present we can have. It's the greatest gift. And I'm going to take us all the way back to Matthew, the first gospel. And right at the beginning in the first chapter in the 23rd verse, it says the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Even at, even as a baby, you know, Jesus came into this world as a helpless babe. God himself took on flesh and became a man, but first he became a baby, had to be cared for, had to be fed, had to be nurtured. And we see Jesus coming on the scene in the form of a baby, and we certainly um, celebrate that, obviously, every year on the 25th of December, a lot of different people have different theories about when exactly Jesus was born, but that's the day we celebrate it. And I think that's a good thing to celebrate the greatest present that we could ever be have been given, and that is God coming down from heaven, leaving his high and holy place and coming in the form, the humble form of a baby to show this world how much he loves us. And so... I wanted to use that verse to kick us off, but then also for one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 13, 5. And I've always heard this verse quoted like this. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We hear people say that all the time. It's an Old Testament verse. Um, it's found in, in Deuteronomy 31, 6. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I think it's also mentioned in the prophets so it's, it's mentioned in, in the Torah of Moses, the, the uh, books of the law. And then it's also mentioned in the prophets, I think in Jeremiah, never leave you, never forsake you. I believe it's Jeremiah 33. And then also in the New Testament here in Hebrews 13, 5, we hear it said all the time, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. However, only recently have I really looked at the whole verse and just remember today's message, his presence is the present. Here's the whole verse. Hebrews 13, 5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be content with what you have. Keep yourselves free from the love of money because God reminds us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. 
Having God's presence in our lives is the greatest treasure we can have. We even see this at the birth of Jesus. We, he was brought treasures at his birth in the, in the stable, in the manger. And he was the, the wise men brought him gold and frankincense and myrrh. And gold is just a picture of our wealth. That's something that in that day, I mean, there's nothing valuable. Even today, gold is worth more than certainly this fiat currency that we're under, which is worthless paper. So gold is a picture of our money or our wealth. Still today, I don't think there's any better wealth than gold. And then frankincense, which is a symbol of, of adoring him with a consecrated life, Jesus' consecrated life, showing us how to live a holy, consecrated life through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit so that we could lead, be led into that same life. And then myrrh, which is, was used for burial um, back in the day. And uh, I've heard, I heard someone say the other day, uh, myrrh was bringing myrrh to a baby shower would be like bringing a little coffin to a baby shower today. Um, but it, it's a symbol of his death and then our death because when Christ died, we died. And when he was raised up, we were raised up with him. But his presence, even at the beginning, was the greatest present. And I really believe, and I'm going to show you in the scriptures today, how we are going to spend the rest of eternity, which for believers, and I hope you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you're not, I urge you today to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's just that simple. There's no prayer. There's no formula. Just call on Jesus and say, Jesus I want you in my life. I want to make you my Lord and my Savior. And if you've done that, we believe that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And through that promise, through that spirit, God is a spirit, the Bible says, through that spiritual union with him as a believer, we believe he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we're going to be unwrapping the present of Jesus throughout all eternity, the length and the depth and the width and the love of God found in Jesus Christ will be something we'll be wrapping forever and ever and ever, and it's endless. That's how beautiful it is. So we, we haven't even scratched the surface of God. We haven't even scratched the surface of the gift of Christ. But we look at it today, and again, in Hebrews 13, 5, I'm going to read this in the King James Version too. It says, let your conversation or your manner of life be without covetousness and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's amazing to me that the first commandment in the Bible and the Ten Commandments is to love God, love the Lord your God, serve him only. And then the last commandment, the Tenth Commandment, is thou shalt not covet. The Bible also says the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think everything we see going on this planet, especially the last three years, can be traced back. Trace the money, follow the money back. Look at who's made the most money in the last three years where all the money's gone and you can find, you can trace the evil. It's the love of money that's brought us to where we are today. So money is it can be a good thing if you're rolling with God. You can use it to help usher in his kingdom and to store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and thieves can't break in and steal and where moths can't come and corrode. But money outside of being used for the purpose of God to bless people, to serve people, and to serve the Lord is just vanity. It just flies away. And I've certainly seen a lot of people with a lot of wealth on this earth, and I've seen it go in a day. And I think that's what's what's uh, important to remember is that, that wealth is just fleeting. 
and we brought nothing into this world, we'll take nothing out except the gift of God, the presence of God in our lives. That's what saves us. And I just wanted to just share this with you today. I don't have a very long message, but I wanted to share that with you. And even Jesus, you know, he came to die. He came as a baby, but as he grew and matured, and the Bible says he grew in in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, and that's Luke 2.52. He grew, and we see Jesus in the temple learning. And he, one of the things he was learning as he learned the, the Torah of God by sitting there and, and listening to the word, and he grew up uh, in a family that was steeped in the word of God. And he learned who he was through the scriptures. He started to see the purpose for which he came as he grew. And when he was fully mature and when he had come of age at age 30, we see Jesus kick off into his ministry. We see the things that he did, the first miracle he did at the wedding at age 30. And for the next three and a half years, we basically just see Jesus going around under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and doing good and healing all the people that were sick and that were oppressed by the devil because God was with them. And you can find that exact scripture in Acts 10.38, a summation of the four gospels. This Jesus of Nazareth who was anointed with the Holy Ghost in power, he went around doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And he did this for our sakes because he did this as a demonstration to show us the life that we could live now under the same presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, when he died at the cross, his blood was shed for the remission of our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the entire world. Past sins, present sins, and even future sins we haven't committed have all been covered. If you look at the cross, it points in all directions, north and south and east and west. There's no reach outside of those outstretched hands. That blood was shed and our sins are forgiven. The Bible says our sins and lawless deeds he remembers no more. It also says as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed our sins from us. And those sins were buried in the ground when Jesus was buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead, showing that we are forgiven. That was the resurrection was God's amen to the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, showing that we're forever forgiven. And when Jesus was raised up, he was seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And just as he promised in John's chapters 14, 15, and 16, he sent us the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's better for you that I go away, because if I go not away, I can't send you the comforter. But when he comes, he's going to remind you of all things I've said. And he's going to bring all things to your remembrance. He's going to teach you, lead you, and guide you in the way you should go. And he said, and I'll be with you forever and ever through the end of the age. So we're now united, we believe, according to Ephesians 1.13, the moment we put our faith in Christ, we're, you, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And we're, gonna, we're never gonna be ununited from him in spirit. Yes, we will lay these bodies down and we will get a new body and we'll get a new soul, a new mind that's not corrupted by a sin nature. But our spirit, the part of us that God has always longed for us to, to worship by, is sealed and 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 um, consecrated with him forever. Our spirit is the part of us that goes on and we're reconnected with God. We get a new body that can handle the glory of God and a new mind so our mind doesn't get blown by the 
bright, brilliant, beautiful presence of God. His, his presence is truly our greatest gift. We can lay all these treasures at his feet. It's okay to have money. It's okay if you're somebody that's blessed and you have overflow. But remember what money is for. It's, it's, it's simply to help people and to simply to advance the kingdom of God. You can use your material resources to advance his spiritual kingdom. And I hope this message has blessed you today. I hope it's touched you. I think we're coming into a time too when we're going to see, unfortunately, some rough days ahead. But if we focus not on the things of this world, but the things that are of God, focus not on the wealth and the material things of this world, but let them go, learn to lay them at the feet of Jesus and just receive his presence. Look at all these scriptures that talk about the presence. John 17, three, Jesus, before he goes to the cross, he prays these words and I'll leave you with these. He says, Father, he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And that's John 17, 17. I'm sorry, I misquoted that. But John 17, three, and this is what I'm gonna close with. Um, Jesus says these words. He says, Father, I'm going to read it to you directly so I don't mess this up. He says, give them eternal life. And he says, this is again before he goes to the cross. He says, and this is eternal life. This is his definition of eternal life. That they may know you, Father, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life. We're going to be spending all of eternity unpacking and unwrapping the beautifully wrapped gift of Jesus Christ that can never be fully opened or understood. It's going to take all of eternity to realize the beauty, the majesty, what we've been given in our union with God. God is holy and just and righteous and beautiful and pure. And he came down to the, to the dirt level, humbled himself and became a man came down to where we are in all the filth of this world to bring us up into a holy perfection with him through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his son. All hail and glory and praise go to Jesus Christ, whom we love and adore. I thank you for listening to this message. I thank you for sharing it with a friend. This message entitled, His Presence is the Present. Give this message to someone you love as a present. Send it to them and say, hey, I heard this message today that really blessed me. I wanted to give you a beautiful present. Jesus loves you, my friend.